Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Dariuktena, and today we'll be discussing what chords of connection are, how they work, and what you can do with and about them. Our akasha, or life force, is the means by which we manifest ourselves, our desires, our fears, and our reactions to the world which is being manifested by others all around us. One way we do this is through focused emanations, which is akasha being imbued or charged with a specific perspective or purpose. The chakras, or the sephirot of Kabbalah, are forms of this type of energy, but it can also be experienced through acupuncture, or shiatsu, which focus on chi points. Other examples are Reiki practitioners who are trained to use targeted energy produced through the palms of their hands, and kundalini, which is in part the practice of moving the woken energy of the root chakra to charge akasha in the remaining energy centers of the body. What this means practically is how we connect to others is directly affected by who we are in the moment, our relationship to ourselves, and what we're attempting to manifest into the world. An easier way to think about this is to think of chords. When we connect with another person, we don't just do so logistically, emotionally, or intellectually. Our energies connect. A portion of our akasha or life force moves outward from us as a targeted emanation and meets with theirs to create a cord. Most people visualize a cord somewhat like a rope, which ties people together. But in reality, these cords are much more like fiber optic cable, which runs information and electricity in both directions. However, unlike fiber optics, the cord is us, made from us and constantly communicating and sharing each of us with the other. Cord connections come in all strengths and sizes. While most people equate this with a soulmate, significant other, or a child, we also have cords with our coworkers, friends, family of origin, neighbors, and people we see on a regular basis, such as bartenders, grocery clerks, or mail persons. The strength and persistence of the cord reflects the nature of the connection, both in size and location. Neighbors might be connected to our right leg if we're working on a project together, such as a neighborhood watch or a block party. The connection might be on our left leg if they're simply supportive, good neighbors who make our life pleasant. People we meet throughout our day might connect with our left arm because they make things better by helping us get what we need done while co-workers might connect with our right because they help us create products and services which go out into the world. Lovers, significant others, children, and those closest to our hearts create cords which are, well, closest to our hearts. These are usually the largest, ranging from the width of a coffee cup to that of a dinner plate. At the beginning of such connections, the energy flows between us like a wave. We can seem to be drowning in it as our life is transformed by the romance, love, awe over new life, and so on. It's transformative as so much is shared and created. Later, the connection begins to normalize, finding a rhythm of its own which is nurturing and pleasant to both. 
This connection is in part how we can know our lover's mood or thoughts before ever seeing them. It's the reason we can know someone is injured even though they're continents away. We can be sure beyond doubt they're alive when the evidence is against it. And we can send the strongest of assurances even though we have no other means of communicating. Chords can facilitate our connecting in the Akashics or in Dreamtime, allow us to keep track of the other throughout the day, and be a means for us to set aside active participation in a relationship when our lives become overwhelmed with doing or being. Chords are a part of the reason we can lose track of a friend for years or even decades, then reconnect and feel like no time has passed. These types of chords are notorious for either bypassing or being free from the influence of our thoughts. Even with the best of intentions or the most logical and thoughtfully prepared plans, our intentions with the other tend to go in their own obstinate direction. This is in part because we are only one half of the interaction. Chords are by their very nature a co-creation, and we're only nominally in control of our part of the process. But this problem also occurs because our minds are quite often out of sync with our own needs, the information our life force is sending, and therefore what we're receiving in return. What most people want, or think they want, in a relationship is an honest connection or cord. They want a partner who values them the way they deserve, sees them for who they truly are, likes what they see, and honors this by co-creating a healthy, strong, and nurturing connection. For some people, this equates practically to a good marriage. For others, it's about finding the one or their perfect match, and still others mean this to be a partner who actively defines their role in the relationship. The epitome of this type of cord is two adults who come together as equals, like a doubles team in tennis. Both have similar skills, but each is a unique person with their own talents and perspective. Combined, they create a unit which emphasizes their strengths while shoring up the weak spots for the purpose of being the best they can be and achieving a variety of goals all along the way. The idea is the team will grow in skill and ability, but not necessarily in tandem. While each individual develops uniquely, their growth should, hopefully, enhance the team and perhaps propel them towards the next goal. All anecdotal evidence to the contrary, these types of relationships are not uncommon or mythical. They don't require any special magic, ceremony, or luck. What they do need is for each person involved to be in good standing with their own second chakra. This means they've developed the good boundaries to say no when the answer is no, to recognize and admit when a situation or decision is not what they need, the ability to be vulnerable so they can ask for what they actually want, the flexibility to accept the response when it's offered, and in the form or means by which it comes. When a person struggles with their second chakra, manifesting a healthy cord can be problematic. Any issues around self-worth or value, inflexibility, lack of perspective, or even lack of discernment concerning what's nurturing and what can be let go infuse the targeted energy connected to our partner and can affect who we choose to connect with. In healthy relationships, cords help us to understand each other when the words won't come, support our intuition in finding the right way or the right thing to do, and 
are the validation that what we know to be true is true. They help sustain us when there are difficulties in a relationship, when communication breaks down, or when life requires us to dig deep in order to get through. They can also be a means of telling us when something is wrong. If the other person is feeling hurt but not showing it, we may get the information via the cord. This doesn't mean we'll automatically understand the message, however. It's not uncommon for our minds to dismiss our knowing because the external evidence is to the contrary and, very often, we would rather not know. This is something all of us understand instinctively as human beings, that like ringing a bell, once we know something, we can't unknow it. So many times, the information which comes to us via a cord, we shrug off. On the other hand, when relationships begin to struggle or become bad, the cord connection doesn't end. In fact, negative emotions can be just, if not more powerful, than positive ones, and so strengthen the connection, sending more energy one way or the other, not less. This aids and abets the unfortunate situation where two people are in a failing or failed relationship, know it should end, yet can't seem to let go of the unending negativity. It can cause couples, families, or friends to get stuck in a never-ending now of negative events. As relationships come and go in our lives, so do cord connections. It's normal for a cord to fade away when our interactions with a person end. As a physical manifestation of relationship, they can also change over time. The cord between acquaintances can swell when romance blooms. Another, which was strong during a time lived together as roommates, can dwindle to a thread of remembrance after decades apart. Friendships can fade and settle into soothing rituals, marriages end with legal papers, or business partnerships form with a shake of a hand. Biological family cords and those formed through adoption or step-parenting, whether large and active or small through distance, remain until one or the other of us crosses over. In a situation where we know we need to end things or set a strong boundary to prevent further negative interactions, but the other person is opposed to all that, their desire to prevent us can feed through a cord connection, making us conflicted and confused. This can support the yo-yoing effect of an on-again, off-again relationship, the inability to provide tough love to a child or parent, or make us avoidant of a discussion which is desperately needed between us and the other. But just like with relationships, we can manage how much or how little of us cords transmit. Cords can be removed, commonly called cutting, leaving us unencumbered for a time. This doesn't end a cord connection or a relationship. If there's an active relationship, healthy or not, a cord will reform after being disconnected. However, the process of cutting can provide us with relief for a time, which can be all-important. So, with all that said, what can be done about all this? Well, the first thing to do is recognize energetic connection is a factor of relationship. The Akashic life force within you, your prana, chi, is a connective force. So is theirs. This is a planned, not an accident. It's a part of how we're able to be souls and bodies here on this planet. This type of connection and communication is only problematic when we're not aware it's occurring 
or when we're engaged in an unhealthy form of relationship. If we become aware of the connection, we can use it to support healthy relationships and interactions, even heightening our current relationship with our partner. Just as gestures of love, of acknowledgement, and validation help us bond with our significant other, sending our love and adoration and support through cord connection strengthens their life force and therefore our own like a continuous infinity loop. When things in a relationship become unhealthy or take a bad turn, one of the first things we learn to do is self-inspection. We look inward to find what our part is in the circumstances, what role we're playing, and what we can do to help resolve or fix things. This is all to the good, but the next step needs to be checking the cord connection to discern what's ours from what's theirs. This can be confusing at first since in a relationship it can feel like all of ours since we're so entwined. Looking at the cord connection and how it operates, investigating how we feel before, during, and after a negative event can help us figure out where the connection might be facilitating bad behavior, which leads into the notion of cutting cords or ending the connection. It's just about as simple as entering into the connection However, there's a bit of a chicken and egg thing. You can't have one without the other and which comes first. If you're in a relationship and you cut the cord but don't end the relationship, it just comes back. In fact, the physicality of cords reacts a bit like springs. If you pull one away from you, it just springs back. This is why I recommend any time you do a cord cutting ceremony, whatever method you choose for doing this is probably fine, You don't just pull or cut the cords off, but instead gather them and then direct them at another energy source, such as light, flame, or the sun. They will connect there and stay for a certain amount of time rather than springing back to you, since they have a replacement energy source. When we're talking about intimate partners, cutting cords only allows a temporary respite. This is why I recommend doing it just before bed if you need to do it, as the cord takes several hours to reform and the pause will then coincide with your system's uninterrupted healing cycle. For the long term, what needs to happen is to start consciously putting the correct energy message or prana and chi through the connection. Where people get stuck is mentally they work to will a change in the relationship, all the while harboring completely different feelings and emotions about the situation. Unfortunately, it's the feels which flow through the cord, not the thoughts. Each relationship is unique, just like the people who enter into it. Each has its own rhythm, its own rules, and its own rewards. Relationships are an amazing way in which we manifest our souls onto this planet and express the beauty which we create through being more than the sum of our parts, by being we. This doesn't mean being in partnership is the goal, that it's required or it's like a Disney story where everyone lives happily ever after, but with an understanding of the Akashic connection, we can navigate them and ourselves a bit better, and every little bit helps. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.